and renew a right spirit within me. And renew a right spirit within me. Be seated, please. Good morning, good morning, good morning. We are glad you are here this morning. I want to once again welcome you. If uh, you haven't uh, received that welcome this morning, we are glad you're here. Whether you are regular members or visitors, whether you are joining us for the first time or the first time in recent memory, um, whether you're physically here or digitally at home, we are glad that you chose to be with us this morning. Um, we have a lot going on. There's a lot of good things happening. God is blessing us, and uh, we are excited because we continually see His hand at work in this congregation and in this community. Um, before we jump in, I want you to uh, be aware of a few things. We're going to start uh, next week a new Bible class. Uh, we're going to add in Classroom E over here. And uh, it, this, uh, we have the auditorium class that's going to keep going, and that's, that's good, but it, it's good for social distancing, but it's not real good for discussion. So if you want a more intimate uh, class, a time when you can talk a little bit more and, and uh, actually hear one another, um, you might want to go check that out. Paul Trevino uh, is going to be leading that class, and uh, they're going to be exploring, uh, experiencing God, how, knowing and discerning the will of God, and uh, if that's not perfect, pertinent in our lives. I think that's uh, pertinent in our lives all the time. So uh, you ought to come check that out. That's during our class time starting next week. And then uh, not this Wednesday, but the next Wednesday, we will be starting our midweek service back. And uh, so that is uh, exciting, hopefully, if, uh, if we can get uh, teachers uh, to fill the slots for uh, children's classes. So if you're interested in uh, the opportunity to uh, share with uh, young children uh, or even older children, um, see Heather. Uh, Heather Trevino, our children's minister, will be glad to hook you up. She'll give you all the resources, everything you need. We don't just throw you in there and lock the door. Um, they will, uh, they will teach you and, and show you what to do and uh, help you through that. It's a great opportunity to uh, to bless some kids as we get everything back rolling again. Um, next Sunday begins the Jewish Passover. And as most of you know, the Jewish Passover is a time when, when those uh, who are of the Jewish origin or, or faith celebrate the exodus from Egypt. It is an eight-day uh, feast um, or, or celebration. And, and over the next few weeks, we're going to, alongside that, walk through the, the exodus with an eye on the cross, specifically with, uh, uh, through the Passover and the idea of, of uh, finding Jesus in the Passover. The idea that even in the time of Exodus that God knew and God was planning for Jesus. That's going to be our next three uh, lessons leading up to Easter. And uh, as we get into that and we really see how the culmination of everything God had been building was found in Jesus. And so I hope you're, I'm, I'm really excited about this. We're calling it the gospel according to Moses. Um, and, and that's just a playful title where we, we, we talk about, uh, we get the idea of, of finding 
Jesus in the Passover. Because the Bible sees Jesus as the new Moses. In fact, Matthew's entire gospel is, is trying to make the point that Jesus is the new Moses. Jesus is the, the, the better Moses, the, the, the new liberation. Um, and so into this, uh, this tradition, into this uh, uh, remembrance of Passover, walks Jesus. And as Jesus comes in, we, we see him take this idea of Passover and, and fulfill it. As he has said, he didn't come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill them. But before we get there, we've got to go back and look at the original Passover. So picture with me that, that you're in Egypt, the setting is Egypt, and, and it's chaos. People are running crazy, people are terrified, because they've just spent, the, the, they've just been under a series of nine plagues. And this is not just a series of bad luck, this is Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, actively engaging of Egypt, that Yahweh is demonstrating His power. As you go through and look at the plagues and you put them alongside Egypt's gods, you will see that each one of those is God demonstrating His power over something or someone that, that the Egyptians worshipped. And He is demonstrating must be gripping people in that time. That, that they are being attacked by this deity that they don't understand. And after we've gone through all of these previous plagues, each one of these, the Israelites, the Hebrews, have been exempted. The, the Israelites' cattle didn't die. Their, their crops weren't hailed on. Even their land, their part of the land didn't go dark. They, they haven't done anything to have to avoid any of these other plagues. God has simply aimed in a different direction from them. The final plague, though, is different. Because God is aiming at everyone this time. Apart from some unforeseen provision, God is going to strike down all the firstborn of Egypt, including the firstborn of Israel. Why? Because despite the fact that Israel is God's chosen people, and despite the fact that they've been oppressed for centuries, the, the truth is, is that they're part of the problem as well. They are, uh, well, Ezekiel chapter 20 tells us that, that they'd even been worshiping some of these false gods of Egypt, that God is demonstrating His superiority over. And, and God can't simply ignore that sin. Their lineage, their heritage, their DNA doesn't preclude them from the judgment of God. The message of the tenth plague is that God is holy and just. But the message of the Passover, is that God is also merciful. Because in that first Passover, God devises a way in which He can both be just and merciful at the same time. We might call it salvation through substitution. God's provision is simple. You're going to take a lamb. Now, not just any lamb. It had to be a specific lamb. A mature male, one-year-old, without blemish, 
You're to examine it for four days and ensure that there is no flaw in it whatsoever. And finally, on the 14th day of the month, the night before the death angel kills all the firstborn, you are to slay that lamb and apply its blood to your doorposts. And when the angel of death sees that blood on the doorpost, he will pass over you. That's the meaning. God spares Israel's sons not because they're better than Egypt's sons. Not because they're somehow genetically superior to Egypt's sons. But because a spotless lamb dies in their place and his blood covers them. Salvation through substitution. According to the New Testament, the message of the Passover is also the message of Easter. The message of the Passover is also the message of Good Friday. If you wonder how an animal could substitute for a human, the answer is that it couldn't. It couldn't. How God could pass over human sin because an animal died was a problem that still demanded resolution. Because it it, it wasn't the same until the cross. Because at the cross, it all was finally resolved. Just as Israel even stood exposed to God's wrath alongside the Egyptians in that tenth plague, so we all stand exposed to to God's wrath for our own sinful nature, for our own idolatry. And all of us, Paul says, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And apart from some provision, apart from some kind of substitution, every single one of us should be subjected to judgment. Because God is holy and just. But in His infinite love, God devises a way to be just and merciful at the same time. Salvation through substitution. The Passover was meant to paint a picture of that. The Passover was meant not to be the real thing, but to be a foreshadowing of the real thing. When we get to the Gospels, the true substitute is actually here. John the Baptist in John 1.29 will proclaim, There is the Lamb of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. Now, As with most typology, Jesus is greater than the Old Testament type. This time, God didn't ask us to provide the lamb. He provided the lamb himself. And this lamb was no beast. He was fully God and fully man. Like us in every way except sin. Jesus corresponded to the Old Testament lamb in many ways. He was a mature male. None of his bones were broken. He was thoroughly examined and found spotless. And he was slain for our sins. And so when we sing that we've been redeemed, when we proclaim that we've been redeemed, not with perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as Peter says, That's what Paul means when he says Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. Our salvation comes through His substitution. That's why God can say to us, when I see His blood, 
I'm going to pass over you. Which leaves one simple question. Are you covered? It's really the only question that matters. It's really the only question that you and I should even struggle with. Are you covered? Because recall what Exodus 12 says. Strictly speaking, it wasn't enough for the Passover lamb to be slain. It wasn't enough for them to have a Passover lamb. It wasn't enough for the lamb to be slain. That, that there was something they had to do. In order for, the, for, for death to pass over them, the blood still had to be applied to their door. If they had omitted that, the lamb alone wouldn't have done any good. John Calvin once noted that as long as Christ remains outside of us and we're separated from Him, all that He has suffered and done for the salvation of the human race will remain useless and of no value for us. So we look on the Lamb, the Lamb, the Holy Lamb of God, pierced for you, and, and, and we embrace Him for the salvation by substitution that is offered to us, and that faith, that belief is the instrument by which blood is applied to us. And, and the, the Bible teaches that, that when we believe that, then we respond. And when we respond, we are covered by the blood. But we still have to be covered. It's not enough that a lamb was killed. It's not enough that we accept that the lamb was killed. We have to to be covered. And when God sees that blood, He no longer sees my sin. He sees Jesus. Salvation through substitution. That's the message of the Passover. That's the whole point. That's precursor. But it's also the message of Good Friday. It's the message of Easter. And the only question that matters in our lives is, are you covered by the blood? Are you covered by the blood? All other questions don't matter. All other questions are insignificant in comparison to that hope. The hope of the world that is found in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This morning, that's the only question that we need to answer. It's the only question that you and I even need to engage in. Are you covered by the blood? This morning we're going to offer an invitation song and, and basically what that means is we're going to sing a song and give you an opportunity to accept that, to, to respond to that. Um, our, our elders and their wives are going to be at the back of the building, and that's not because they're saintly holy men, but it's because the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And it gives you an opportunity to go find somebody and say, look, I, I need help. I need somebody to pray with me right now because I don't feel like I'm where I should be. Or maybe for the first time in your life you're realizing that I'm not covered. That I'm not covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and therefore I am subject. Answer that question this morning. Are you covered by the blood? If you're not, we will stop everything that we're doing and we will help you come to Jesus Christ. 
when you believe in Him, when you confess Him publicly, when you repent and change direction and then are buried with Him in baptism, raised to a new life. The Bible says then the Spirit of the living God comes and takes dwelling, takes residence inside of you to empower your mortal body. And you are forever covered by the blood. Are you covered by the blood? It's the only question that matters. And the only person that can answer that question is you. I ask you this morning to make that the, the, the primary question, the primary thought, the primary uh, thing that you need to get right with God. If we can help you get there, if you're not covered this morning, won't you come now while